0: You are listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com. dot com Hello friends, welcome
1: to American sex a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical backward ass ideals that we have here in the United States this is episode 177 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron, and my co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we are kinky perverts, too, that just so happen to be non-monogamously married to each other. This week, Ken and me talk advanced butt play, pegging, and what the vagus nerve has to do with a good anal pounding with Ruby Ryder. Ruby is of PeggingParadise.com and Pegging101.com. She's a podcaster, blogger, sex worker, sex educator, and a published writer of erotic fiction. She's been educating people about pegging for the past 11 years. And Ruby has spoken at all sorts of big deal events, and her eroticas appeared in best of anthologies. Plus, Ruby also appeared in an episode of Comedy Central's Not Safe with Nikki Glaser. Ruby's two missions are, one, to help interested people add one more thing to their sexual treasure chest of choices by teaching them all about pegging. And two, to do everything she can to encourage more sex positivity with less sexual shame. So if you've ever wondered why some people were really into deep, 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 extreme insertion, this is going to answer that question and a whole lot more. One of the theories as to why this feels so good is that it can stimulate the vagus nerve. Yeah, not only does that feel great, but it also might trigger a cascade of health benefits. So some of what we cover in this conversation, we talk about the somatic similarities between the benefits of anal play and the benefits of kink, how the definition of the term pegging is evolving, and it's now used in some queer circles as an inclusive act to be enjoyed by anyone, regardless of gender or anatomy, how the patriarchy and rigid masculine expectations hurt cis men, and ways that pegging has helped heal some of that shame. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much more. Th- this is good. This is a good conversation. I'm telling you, American fuckers, pretty much all year, like we have had some really killer episodes. And, you know, first I was like, this is one of my favorite episodes of the year. And then I found myself saying that with every damn episode. So yeah, this is one of my favorite episodes of the year, as are like most of the episodes we've done. It's good. You're going to love it. But you know what we got to do first, right? We got to wash the balls, which is housekeeping here on American Sex Podcast. So first, Black Friday is this week, right? And what I'm not going to do is bombard you with like selly stuff, like, ooh, But I am going to tell you to go to the show notes for this episode, and not only will links and discounts for this episode's sponsors be there, so will a ton of other discount links for all kinds of kink gear and sex toys and accessories. And since holiday sales are gearing up, a lot of those retailers that I have in the links that I already have discounts for are going to be having even more discounts A lot of them, some of the best sales of the year will be this week too. And of course, know that each time you use our link to buy toys, gear, and other products, you know, stuff you're buying anyway, not only do you get good discounts, but these sales directly help support this podcast and keep the sex ed content that we give to the world for free to keep it free. So thank you. But there's another thing uh, and a reason that I'm bringing this up to you right now, and I'm watching out for you, okay? So if you are thinking about, you know, I'm probably going to buy a few new sex toys in the next couple of months or something like that, uh, especially if you are going to get products made of silicone, the sooner the better. I am not kidding. So we all know about the supply chain issues. We've been hearing about, you know, all that stuff. Many adult products are manufactured in China, you know, and even if the uh, product itself isn't manufactured in China, a lot of times some of the components or pieces or whatever are made in China as well. So these supply issues are delaying the shipment of all sorts of products. You've heard about the cargo ships that are floating out in the ocean for weeks because they can't dock. So there aren't as many products available And so the things that are in stock are going to sell out quicker and not be replenished. But that's not all. That is just the beginning. There is more. I'm so sorry. Uh, The prices of these products are going to go up, right? Because the cost of shipping containers is skyrocketing. And then even though these people are paying all this money for the shipping containers, they may not ever arrive, which is a whole nother story, but I also just learned about something else that is not good. If you didn't know, I also work on the business end of the pleasure products industry behind the scenes. Do a bunch of stuff. I'm also the contributing editor of XBiz Premier Magazine, which is one of the biggest sex toy trade publications. So I've been hearing some rumors from my manufacturing buddies that the cost of silicone is going through the roof, particularly silicon metal. So I don't know that much about how silicone pleasure products are manufactured. I have no idea the chemistry behind it. Da, da, da. But what I do know is I'm hearing that this is a big problem for this industry. I have heard rumors of the wholesale prices of some silicone lubes Doubling before the holidays. And those increased costs, they are going to be passed on to consumers. So, like I said, if you were planning on buying some products like over the next few months anyway, maybe you even want to save some money by getting a jump on like Valentine's Day shopping, buy that shit now. And if you're buying it now, then you get to take advantage of some of the biggest sales of the year. That are going to be happening this week. So win-win, of course, if you use our links and our discount codes, that's wonderful. But even if you don't, I just want to look out for you and your pleasure because I'm telling you, shit is gonna get whack in the sex toy market very soon. So get your stuff before it becomes a problem. But shh, I didn't tell you that. You didn't hear it from me. Just you know, take that and do with it what you will. And since we're talking about all this stuff anyway, if you are looking for other ways to support us, there's Patreon, patreon.com slash American Sex. And when you become a member, you get all sorts of extra stuff. Like I'll send you uh, official American fucker stickers in the mail. You get bonus audio. Like there's a great bonus audio track up right now with Ruby and I is good. And you get other cool stuff too. And also if You're in the market for some good kink education because I know it's hard to find. Some of the best hands down kink education on the internet is Kink Academy. That's at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Kink Academy. 2,000 videos, a library you can watch on demand from over 140 of the world's most renowned BDSM educators, including Ken, and me. So if you sign up with that link that I gave you, which is bit.ly slash kinkacademy, that benefits us as well. Even if you already have a subscription, you know, do your next one subscription with that link. It helps us. And please feel free to pass on any of these links, discounts from our show notes to your friends. It all helps. And lastly, go to the show notes anyway. There's free stuff in there you know, I love you. I'll give you free stuff. So at AmericanSexPodcast.com or just go to the episode description in whatever podcast player you're listening to right now. There's going to be a ton of links that we talk about in this episode. They'll all be there. You can get my free kink negotiation mini workbook download there and the link to our kink and sex positive discord server, all sorts of stuff. Oh, 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 one last thing. I just found out I got nominated again for XBiz Sexpert of the Year. I am so excited. So in the show notes, I'll have the voting link. If you want to go give me a vote, it's easy and quick and I will love you for it. And you know what? One other thing. Since I'm telling you all this stuff anyway, you love this podcast, right? Have you gone onto iTunes and given us a review? We would love it. You know, if you're going to give us a gift for the holidays, that would be the best gift of all. Let people know what you like about this podcast and tell your friends to post the link up on social media. Hey, the more the merrier and you'll be doing your part to spread joy, cheer, pleasure, butt sex, good domination, kink, role play, all sorts of things to... people who really, really need it. On that note, these balls are clean. Here is Ruby Rider with Butt Stuff 201. You know, deep insertion, pegging, the vagus nerve. And you, that's so wholesome. It's not wholesome. Wait, that's a butt pun though. You know, wholesome. Good. Okay, never mind. I'll stop. Here's Ruby Rider. On the line, we have got Ruby Ryder, and let me tell you, American fuckers, I have been so stoked for this conversation, Um, because this is, I guess, Ruby sort of a continuation or companion piece to like your first episode you did with us on pegging this is like all the advanced this is the 201 version yeah right
0: (laughs) it is
1: oh (laughs) we're gonna geek out okay yeah oh i'm so excited oh and i gotta make all the butt punts this is an episode i can really get behind we're Mm -hmm. gonna dive in deep okay so (laughs) It's a tradition every time we have a butt episode we have to make So I'm
2: wondering butts. what's if this is intermediate like super advanced what's that aliens? Maybe a- a- like, like alien
1: abduction probing I don't technical know probing, but we'll yeah. get that on the next episode.
0: That that's we're, a possibility. <laughs> that's well, t- tentacles are possible but you know one thing at a time here.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, Ruby, you are known for pegging, you know, Ruby writers pegging paradise. This is your jam. However, you and I, how this episode was born, you and I were talking offline and you had mentioned some really cool stuff about, like the vagus nerve and somatic benefits and health benefits and all these cool things about pegging. And my geeky ass was like, what? <laughs> um, <so laughs> Cause I love that shit. Uh, so how, how, how did this happen? Because like, you know, I know you was kind of the pegging one Oh one sort of person. And when you laid all this on me, I was like, Ooh, so how, how, How did this happen? How did you get interested in learning about this stuff?
0: Well, I, you know, a long time ago when I dove down the rabbit hole of pegging, which can be considered another pun, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I never, I never came back. I'm still there and I'm learning and learning and learning. And, and so it was partly a product of just more learning, but a lot of it was because my listeners and my podcast and my readers of my blog were kind of Jones in foreign advanced class. I'd been teaching the beginners class for some time live teaching, and then I transitioned to webinars, and I've been doing a massive amount of webinars, but that's how it was born, was because that was the idea that was born there, was they were requesting an advance one. They're like, okay, we're ready, we're ready. And then, when I was still on Facebook, which I do not party there anymore, Uh because I am one of those sex educators that just got so freaking frustrated with this situation, and I bailed. But when I was still there, one of my connections on Facebook was our lovely elder in the community, the sex ed community, Janet Hardy. And so she just made this kind of offhand comment that really caught my attention. And I believe it went something like this. Uh, When you stimulate the vagus nerve, the the effect on the body is a very powerful anti-inflammatory reaction. And the vagus nerve can be stimulated pretty well through the ass. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) So I started researching it. And that is a part of what I put in my advanced class, because the advanced class, about half of it talks about deeper and wider insertions, why people do them, what they get out of it, your physiology that you need to be aware of how to do it safely, and where the best place is to get the safe toys, because all those things really matter. Mm-hmm. So that's how it Absolutely. happened. So I totally credit my diving down the Vegas nerve <laughs> rabbit hole to Janet Hardy. Absolutely.
1: Oh, Janet is responsible for so many awesome things, let me tell mm-hmm. you. Um, thank you, Janet, if you're listening. Uh, so real quick, before we get into the advanced stuff mm-hmm. for those American fuckers listening who maybe haven't heard the first episode or just like dipping in, like, Oh, what's going on in this conversation? Can we just do a quick drive by first? defining what pegging is, isn't, etc.
0: Absolutely. And you know, that gets a little bit complicated, but let me give it my best. <laughs> okay. It wasn't complicated some time ago back in, I think it was 2001 or something, that the word was created because mm-hmm. that happened on a Dan Savage column. And it happened because a man wrote in and was wanting a word to differentiate between um, lesbian strap-on sex, and basically what he called heterosexual strap-on sex. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, they held a contest. And I know this is absolutely true because I interviewed this guy on my podcast. Mm, <laughs> I, crossed, okay. I crossed paths with him purely by accident on Reddit. And he's like, hey, I helped create this word and I can't tell anybody th- about it. <laughs> Oh <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> so anyway, um, that happened. They did the vote. It was pegging. And at that time it was an extremely gendered term, a man, a man being penetrated anally by a woman wearing a strap-on. Now, clearly the gender binary has evolved quite a bit since then. In my own particular world, I now define it as anybody putting a strap-on on and penetrating someone with a prostate, or in rare cases, someone who's had a prostate that's been removed. And... Uh, What's important in my world is that I teach to prostate owners as receivers and vagina owners as givers when I start talking about all the equipment and stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the word is being um, used by some of the queer community, being embraced as anybody putting a strap-on on on and penetrating anybody in any orifice. And that's fine. I just want it people who come to my webinars to be really clear about that. And right, then other right. people are saying the word pegging shouldn't exist at all because it's uh, homophobic, and that was the only reason it was created. And so that opens up a whole different conversation. But
1: Yeah. In and general- that, that is a conversation I do want to have. I'm going to save that for the, the back end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but oh, yeah, because I, I think so. th- that's a whole... I've heard both sides of the coin, like, that's super homophobic, and yeah. then both sides of the coin, like, I'm glad I had that word why, as a stepping stone because it helped me get over my homophobia. Is that, why is
2: that word homophobic?
1: We'll, we'll get into it in the, it's a whole conversation. Like, literally in
2: the back end of this episode? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah,
1: yeah, let's but, let's, let's tackle Vegas it. nerve and stuff first. But <laughs> my money's on
2: the word peg boy as being the origin. <laughs> well,
1: I I want to, to make it, like, for people listening to the episode who might be like, oh my god, I can't believe y'all are using that term, and da-da-da, we know. We know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> in the well, thick of it, believe we me. Lots of thinking about it. We'll get there. So, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty invested, you know. I got domains.
1: True. <laughs> you know, pegging paradise. And paradis- there's the alliteration, yeah. pegging paradise. Okay, yeah, exactly. but back
0: to the Vegas exactly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, well, so when I started teaching this advanced class, one of the amazing research uh, projects that I did was obviously this whole Vegas nerve thing. And the vagus nerve is, okay, voluntary nervous system, involuntary nervous system. The vagus nerve... Is one of the main nerves that runs the involuntary things in your body, like Mm -hmm. uh, all of the different secretions of things, your heart beating, all the things that you need to survive, but you don't have, you can't, you're not thinking about. They're involuntary. Yeah.
1: Like digestion Mm -hmm. and all that. Yeah. And
0: I seem to recall reading somewhere that part of the root of that word, the vagus nerve, is vagabond because it travels all over the place. So. Uh Yeah, that was a cool thing I found out. But one of the branches of it goes right down there to the rectum, the rectal canal, and the lower part of the colon. It goes all over the place. So you will absolutely be doing some vagus nerve stimulation, even if you're just doing regular pegging, but definitely even more if it's going up into the lower part of the colon, which is what people do when they do the longer insertions. Right. So... One of the things about doing these longer insertions is I really like to give people measurements, (laughs) you know, so they know what the hell is going on with the physiology. And from the opening of the outer sphincter to the back of the rectal canal, which is by the way, where your body physiology takes a right-hand turn... This mm-hmm. is why those people who haven't studied the physiology part when they're like, hey, we started off with pegging and we had the stildo that it was like uh, six and a half inches long and an inch and a quarter. And then we upgraded. My girlfriend came home with one that was like 10 inches long and I can't take the whole thing and I don't know mm-hmm. why. And I'm like, oh my God, people, educate yeah. yourselves. <laughs> and and also, this is why
1: the Squatty Potty exists. Same yeah, principle. that's a
0: whole nother yep. thing that's part of the mm-hmm. class because... Well, we'll get to that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but that right-hand turn there means that you definitely have to have the right kind of toys that are much more flexible, because the really firm toys, yeah, you can build up to those, but I have, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, and the whole point is to get behind all this, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So... In researching this, I stumbled across this really fun story because I, you know, the whole thing about the vagus nerve getting stimulated. So, there's a bunch of different things that they attribute to vagus nerve stimulation. So, when you stimulate the vagus nerve, a bunch of different things happen and it gets really interesting at this point. First of all, I mentioned the whole powerful anti-inflammatory thing, right? Mm -hmm. They've also noticed that vagus nerve stimulation helps control depression, so ah. I had a guy in one of my webinars who hyped up on the chat and said, hey, I'm a veteran, I have PTSD, and every once in a while, I just need to do those deep insertions, and it just helps me feel better. So wow. I can, on a personal level, you know, and anecdotal, I can confirm this. Wow. And, and then it goes on. I mean, there's a list of these that have been confirmed. Uh, reduces stress, anxiety, and egocentric bias. Right? And I always pause after that, because that's a lot to take in. That's like, really? That's a lot to take in more than fisting.
1: Now, Uh, I have kind of a butt pun. But
0: yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have theories on why this happens. And of course, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm going to say that a bunch of times. But that whole first one we started with powerful anti inflammatory. Okay. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. That is so effective that people with rheumatoid arthritis, which is a body-wide inflammatory condition, that don't respond to medications, they put little things uh, right in the neck area next to the vagus nerve to shock it every once in a while, Mm -hmm. and it controls rheumatoid arthritis. That's how effective it is. So... My my theory, moving on from there, is when you get older, pretty much you're you're battling inflammation in your body. That's kind of what happens. Yep. And it's I the, have
1: high hsCRP right now. We can't figure out
0: why. Uh,
1: so yes, a lot of inflammation.
0: Yeah, and so I it, stick it's like the building block <laughs> of so many different medical conditions yeah. and and diseases and things. So. It makes sense to me that if you have a powerful anti-inflammatory thing happening, that you're not going to be as stressed and have as much anxiety and you're going to be m- less egocentric because you, you feel better, right? Ah. Because the next, the very next thing down on the list that I found was a higher vagal tone associate is associated with greater closeness to others and more altruistic behavior. See why I geeked out on this? It's just intense. So what is vagal tone, many of you ask, right? Vagal tone, as best as I understand it, is so you got a heart rate going and you take a big breath in and then control, let it out, and you measure your heart rate from when you before you took the breath to after you take the breath, and that's your vagal tone. Mm -hmm. So the last one on the list is lower vagal tone associated with chronic inflammation. Well, see, all those make sense to me. Ah. so then I thought okay well um the whole anal stimulation thing that's one way to stimulate the vagus nerve but what else what else can you do oh my god there's a list and it kind of changed my life you guys (laughs) I get so excited about this
1: (laughs) I mean I know like like you were saying there's breath work I have also heard like the throat like blowjobs and (laughs) <laughs> i well, heard all sorts of things. Tell me, tell Well, me. I
0: don't know if that would have been on the list that I found. <laughs> oh. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, gargling was in there. And, you know, I think maybe those two are somewhat synonymous. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah, I've heard like the gargling, humming, like, hmm, like that sort of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, those who are talking about the vagus nerve who are all- also pervy like us are like, oh, yeah, that's a theory as to why some people like they love sucking dick and uh, <laughs> they like a hand on the
0: throat or like oh, the choking. Interesting. And I'm like,
1: interesting. I hadn't yeah. heard that,
0: But the humming yeah. absolutely goes along with singing and chanting. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Cause that was on the list. And at the top of the list was cold showers and cold face washes. Well, yeah, fuck cold showers. I'm not doing that, but <laughs> I, I do wash my face with cold water now. And when I'm in the car, I turn on music and I sing as much as I can. You know what's interesting? You know what's interesting?
1: Mm. I'm like geeking out. My brain is lighting up. Because like, you know, it's funny that in our work in like sex ed, and I've noticed this in my personal stuff, a lot of this, um, you know, nervous system regulating sort of stuff is converging with conventional therapy and that sort of thing. Like, therapists are getting away from CBT, and they're getting into somatic therapy, and they're realizing there's a scientific basis behind breath work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this stuff that was once considered so woo woo out there, they're like, Oh, my goodness, there is a science to this. Um, But the cold showers that you bring up is really interesting, because there was a study and I'll have to to find I don't recall the title offhand, but I had it in the show notes to an episode I did not that long about ago about kink and it was a study about how cold immersion in cold water whether that's like cold showers x amount of times a day and then there was another study where people like you know kind of polar bear plunged it Mm. um but regularly like for for weeks on end Mm -hmm. and it had massive positive effects on their depression
0: yeah yeah probably the vagus nerve stuff there you go yeah yeah. Wow! Wow! So other okay, stuff on the list. Sorry. Yeah, other stuff on the list was yoga and meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I downloaded an app which I really, I absolutely love it. It's called uh, Headspace and that's Ooh, on my phone. yeah, I've and heard of that. It reminds yeah. me to meditate and stuff. Laughter, and I'm pretty good at that anyway, but laughter, absolutely, and diaphragmatic breathing. That's the breathing thing that you talked about, and for anybody who's unfamiliar with that term, what that means is when you take a deep breath in, it's your chest not expanding, it's your belly expanding. Okay. So that's the differentiation, because some people, when they take a deep breath in, it's all chest, and right. they're talking about diaphragm. Um, exercises on the list, massage and gargling. Um, you can also cough and tense your stomach muscles, Uh but right there at the end of the list, of course, you know, right where it's supposed to be is rectal massage. (laughs) (laughs) So, so now I get to tell you guys a really funny and cool story that I discovered when I was researching this. So there's this emergency room dude. He's a doctor. His name is Francis Fezmeyer. And he was working in the emergency room, and this guy presented with intractable hiccups. And he had these hiccups for 72 hours, okay? And I think it says in the notes that he was hiccuping up to 30 times a minute. Mm. So it says that he tried, I I actually found a list of all the things he tried. I hadn't found that before. Uh, He he attempted to stop them by um, gagging, tongue pulling, sinus massage, and pressing the eyeball to stimulate the vagus. And those all failed because I guess all those can help you do it too. But then he remembered reading about a case in which digital rectal massage, right? And you get the vagal response. So it what he described it as this runaway electrical impulses in the vagus nerve cause intractable hiccups. So that's what he wow. was trying to do is kind of interfere with this. And so he was awarded, this is where it gets really funny, a satiric prize, which has been awarded annually since 1991, called the Ig Nobel Prize, right? <laughs> 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 and the definition of that prize, its stated aim is to honor achievements that first make people laugh and then make them think. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> and clearly, That's cool. Yeah, it parodies the Nobel Prize. But uh, when he gave his acceptance speech. (laughs) He said, yeah, I'm probably not going to be trying that again, because when he was researching for his acceptance speech, he discovered that an orgasm results in incredible stimulation of the vagus nerve. So from then on, he was going to be recommending sex culminating with orgasm as a cure-all for intractable hiccups. There you go.
1: <laughs> I love it.
2: You know what's interesting? On the other side of the coin, uh, vagal tone is actually used as a diagnosis tool for high or er, for uh, uh, people with autism.
0: Oh my autism gosh!
2: Spectrum.
1: Oh yeah. You know, and I it's, and it's the them. higher
2: tones that they use to differentiate that. that oh, wow! I, I, it's
1: just so fascinating how you know when you were talking <clears throat> about the things that are you know uh, stimulate the vagus nerve and help your vagal tone. They're the, uh, very similar to the things that you read. Um, like Emily Nagoski and, uh, their sister wrote a book about burnout and how to like, and basically, you know, long story short, they zero in on calming the nervous system and completing the stress response cycle, which has more of an evolutionary bent to it. Ah. Um, but really the, the, the list of things to, Complete the stress response cycle is very similar, not exact, but almost on par. I'd say 80% on par with what you just read to me. And then when I when I hear, you know, put those two things together, because I oftentimes liken the list of how to complete the stress response cycle and calm the nervous system from an evolutionary standpoint with Oh, these are things we do in kink and erotic adult play. Mm-hmm, they're all mm-hmm. kind of the same things and it's like, holy shit, the more we uncover, the more this Venn diagram of all of these different things is just a big fucking circle.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm astonished by how uh, the they're interrelated they are and how yeah. you know, now that we're all talking about it, <laughs> now that we're all geeking out about it, right? <laughs> Well, one of the reasons that people do deeper insertions is, uh, you know, th- when you talk about the vagus nerve stimulation, uh, so few people can describe it. Here's the, the wording I get almost all the time. It's like, it's an indescribably good feeling. That's what they keep saying all the time. It's yeah. really difficult to describe. Like And I pulled some quotes off of a forum when I teach my webinar uh That is a forum of uh, long toy anal aficionados, basically. Mm
1: -hmm. And they
0: say stuff like, um, you feel the pressure, fullness, and kind of like a good fur massage from the inside. Definitely a wonderful and filling feeling. No feeling in the world that can compare. Uh, And this one blows my mind. The sensation of feeling it pop past the sigmoid into my descending colon was magical. (laughs) 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 Oh, my. (laughs)
1: Five stars highly recommend right? <laughs> right
0: and then sometimes you get you get um, from the guys in there who do it there is also sometimes an element that totally cracked me up it's sort of like this uh, um, length for a guy is is erotic insertion is erotic and, and length is erotic too so it's like the the challenge I can take a longer one you know <laughs> mm-hmm. that kind of thing that can be part of the reason that they do it. Uh, but absolutely orgasms, orgasms. yeah.
2: Have you noticed a difference from the giver's point of view in what that kind of orgasm looks like? Is there more essential tremors or like is there any kind of outward sign?
0: well i'm I'm trying to figure out a way to uh, see if there's any kind of differentiation between what I would consider to be a prostate orgasm. Hands free orgasm, the, you know, the, the holy grail, the HFO, right? (laughs) Um, and what would be the external type or visible reactions for the more of a vagus nerve reaction? And I'm not sure what that differentiation would be. I don't think people have really talked about that. I often the, often the deep insertions are done as solo play. So even though I'm teaching about pegging, I just thought Mm. it was really responsible of me to to give people all of the the safety information, you know, because people are going to play. But typically with these deep toys, these are not things that you put in a harness and do. Typically it is solo play or your partner can absolutely do this deep insertion with you, usually handheld, not usually in a harness, because it's not something you're slamming into them, despite the porn clips you may have seen. Yeah, that's not the way it works. Yeah,
1: yeah. and you know, it, uh, why am I geeking out so much on science? I had just listened to Justin Laymiller's podcast, um, and he interviewed Dr. Nicole Prousey, who is a sex researcher. She's been on this show, and um, mm-hmm. she does a lot of really detailed scientific Uh, studies on like orgasm and the theory, especially you hear in, um, people who have vaginas that like, oh, there's a clit orgasm, there's a G spot orgasm, there's a, there's seven different types of orgasm, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, all the research really points to there is not different, like these different types of orgasms. It's just when you're stimulating different parts, it's different intensities. You experience it different, Uh but it's like, All kind of from the same place. But, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, getting uh, a massage. Sometimes someone can massage you in a certain way and it feels great. And then another time someone can massage you just in the right spot or a day when your muscles are really tight or whatever. And that time it's like, whoa, but it's still the same massage. You know what I mean? There's just so many other variables that make it a better time one time or, you know, not as good of a time another time. If that, does that make sense? It
0: totally makes sense. And that's a good well, way to okay. describe it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I don't know if that's the way it is with the difference between like a cock centric orgasm and a prostate orgasm. All I know is that all of the descriptions and the people talking about them describe them so differently. And that's one of the things that uh, beginners. beginners who are who are, are chasing that holy grail don't really understand is because when you are, are not stimulating the cock and you're just having prostate stimulation, it's an entirely different sort of feeling and they expect it to be more like what they're used to. And it's different. It's like waves of euphoria. It's like um, there can be spasms and you can ejaculate, but a lot of times you don't and sometimes right. there's even guys who when you or people I should say because all inclusive here you just need to have a prostate um who have all of these amazing multiple waves of these euphoria things happening and then they can get an erection and have sex and you know and do PIV yeah. so yeah. there's just it's fascinating as you can tell I'm still down the rabbit hole
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and i want like The the study that I had just heard about, um, I want to say that uh, Dr. Prousey only included people with vaginas, and they were specifically looking at like G spot versus you know. I saw that. Yeah, I follow her. Yeah, and the Mm -hmm. yeah, and the question was like, and I think. Uh Dr. Miller asked, like, well, what about with cocks and prostates? Like, mm-hmm. is that the same? Is that different? And she's like, well, we don't know yet. So it's like, <laughs> hmm, <laughs> hmm. I was going to say, Ken, you have a prostate. Like, anecdotally, I know you're not a scientific study. <laughs> but like, would, do you, in your opinion, do you think a... They're the same orgasm, but a prostate orgasm is just a more direct uh, As more As a intense scientist, version I definitely
2: have to say that's a question I cannot answer because I don't have enough data to prove it. one
1: Just your or own, another. like your own <laughs> anecdotal, like just pull it out of your ass, cat. Nice dodge. Pull it, pull, chin, pull it out of your ass, it. <laughs> um,
2: it makes both points of view make sense to me. And yeah. I honestly can't, without more data, can't yeah. make a commitment one way or the other. Okay. You're uh, like, damn there, it, it just there's, feels there's good. There's so much we don't know about nerves, <laughs> yeah. just in general. Um, and there's so many environmental factors that go along with that. Like for me personally, I think about the best hands-free orgasm I've ever had is, you know, something where I was playing with myself rectally and using uh, that electrical device.
1: Oh, the like 10s uh, unit Yeah, it's like plug a 10s unit. Yeah. And the
2: only way that I've been able to have kind of something that I would say is more of a Vegas nerve style interaction—I don't know what to call it—was solely with electric for me.
1: Okay, and it was like worlds different than your average orgasm that you have.
2: Yes, I would say it was very—it was substantially different. Um, Also, my penis wasn't all the way erect. Interesting.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I've heard that too.
2: It was a huge orgasm. I just don't know how to to really define it or what happened. But that unique sort of hands-free orgasm has only happened to me either rectally or on my cock with electrical stimulation, but ESTEM is what does it for me.
0: Oh wow.
1: Interesting. And then then that makes me go nerves like you're tapping oh, yeah. right into your fucking nerves with the electrical stimulation. Yeah. yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah. But this I that quality fascinated. of being hard to define though. Yeah, I keep hearing that it it over is. It and is hard, over it and is over. It's hard again. to define.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I'm so fucking fascinated. Keep
0: going, <laughs> Ruby. Keep going. Well, so you mentioned, let's get back to uh, the puborectalis muscles. So, yeah. so one of the things I do is I teach about, okay, so starting from the outside sphincter, let's start there and teach you how all of this physiology works. So some people uh, write to me occasionally and say, so, hey, you know, we started doing this pegging thing and... You know, the toy gets in at about four inches and like it just, it just doesn't really want to go anymore. And it's kind of uncomfortable. And what are we doing wrong? And so that by definition, because you know, the length of the rectal canal varies from six to seven and a half inches. I had to Mm -hmm. look so long to find that on the internet. (laughs) Anyway, four, four inches in is not really there yet. So. Okay. There is a muscle that attaches to the pubic bone, slings around the rectal canal and reattaches to the pubic bone. At rest, that muscle's job is to be contracted and it pulls the rectal canal over to the side, creating a bit of an angle. So that's why they sell the Squatty Potty, because the Squatty Potty, for those of you who don't know, is like a little stool. You pull it up to your toilet, you put your feet on it, and it kind of puts your body into a knees to chest squatting position, which by default, because of that position, straightens out that angle that the puborectalis has created. Now, this is a question for Ken, because I know you have a lot more information on scientific and medical stuff than I do. What I'm wondering, is the puborectalis a muscle that you can learn to relax intentionally?
2: Not in a way that's productive for sex, I don't think like anything, there's always an exception to every rule, but for Mm -hmm. the most part, I think it's going to be like, um, more useful to bring knees to chest. Like that's, that's the one thing just because of, um, Ian, the more you do that, the more you're going to exercise that muscle, the more you might have flexibility with it, but it just doesn't work like that. It might be able to like have a little bit of wiggle room, but my gut feeling is that it's it's not something that you can train to do that on
0: camera. Interesting, because one of the things that I heard or read somewhere was that, like, when you sit down on the toilet and you're going to have a bowel movement, and you just relax and you feel your pelvic floor drop, that that would be the relaxation of that muscle. So if you can possibly duplicate that. That, that might be it. But I don't know. Oh, I've always wondered.
2: That, I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. So
0: now I want to
1: have a geek meeting of the minds and pull sex nerd Sandra in on I this know, conversation right? because <laughs> she is currently uh, in med school training to be a pelvic floor therapist. Oh my god! So... I'm gonna be like, hey, after that we're that done, I'm gonna be like, a, on my say, text. That's
2: definitely a sex nerd son. Yeah, question, be like, tell me
1: about question. the pelvic floor. Yeah, authority. almost yeah.
2: all of my medical knowledge is disease based, and because I, uh, I was a pandemic specialist in the service and like emergency medicine based. Got it. Um, Got it. So I would definitely defer to somebody who's more of a pelvic floor authority. But if you want to know about COVID, I know about that all fucking day long. <laughs> nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know maybe if you want to insert COVID maybe. in your ass I can talk to you about. you that. know
1: what we need to do what? okay uh, this is what we need to do we need to be you know how like people like you know instigators and trolls like will spread some cockamamie rumor on like 4chan or something and it spreads across the internet And now we got people drinking Roundup and taking ivermectin and this and that we oh, need thanks. to spread a secret rumor that the cure to COVID is pegging Yes, and see. <laughs> talk about talk
0: about something I can get behind.
1: Holy, that crap. is much healthier than ivermectin and Roundup and what was it, nebulizing uh, something hydrogen peroxide? Much better. Just have some butt sex.
0: Well, and plus, um, <laughs> plus there is. Th- th- this is a whole separate conversation, but there is a way that being penetrated anally, especially during the whole pegging experience, I have seen a fair amount of receivers end up, um, how do I explain this? It's like they soften. They Mm. are, um, I mean, there's a reason that one time when I spoke to a whole bunch of people at a bill conference, and for those of you who are not aware, bill conference was kind of a shadow conference for the TED conference, but it okay. was it was sort of an uh, an anarchist type of manifestation of it, and I spoke. I did a little presentation. Did, did on Did you Peggy. say
2: Bill like, like so? It was Bill and Ted,
0: exactly. That's the that's <laughs> the joke. That's the joke. And if you look up the Bill conference, B I L B I L. Anyway, I spoke there, uh, and I did this little presentation, and I was on the main stage. I mean, crap! The guy right after me was like the guy who created PayPal. Wow, I know. I'm like, and the only reason is because I I rally my troops on social media really well. And they gave me a crap load of votes.
1: (laughs) Wow, that is amazing. But the
0: point of the story is with the end of the presentation, the very first question that was asked, because I left times for questions. This woman said, so have you heard anything about how pegging can make men more peaceful? I'm like, whoa. And uh, that's one way to put it. I would put it differently. I would say that the role reversal teaches many things. The role reversal teaches that penetration is kind of intense. And I don't think that yeah. anal penetration can happen without vulnerability. And vulnerability has been trained out of men from early boyhood. So uh-huh. that's that whole other conversation. But yeah, right, right. I think I think that uh, considering going back to what you just said about the 4chan and those kind of groups of people and spread the rumor, they need this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shit. And it, it gives a whole new twist on Luna Metatis's peg to patriarchy. Yes. Like yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so a little bit more physiology, right? So when you get to that right hand turn, that's the recto sigmoid junction. So it's really critical that you have a very flexible toy, and there are places to buy these toys. I want to give a shout out to, to Mr. Hankies, and but they're specialty toys, and they're really soft and flexible, and it's critical that you do that because. You know, we don't hear a lot of bad stories about people having these horrible injuries. Certainly, you can find any kind of story you want on the internet. But one of the things uh, I did find when I was researching and looking at these um, diagrams and things is that there's this stuff called mesocolon in there inside your body cavity. What it does mm-hmm. is it holds the colon where it's supposed to be. Mm. And they name it according to what it's holding, the sigmoid mesocolon, the transverse mesocolon, you get the point. And it's this membranous stuff that holds it there. So when you use long toys, especially long toys that are more firm and not as soft and flexible, are you rearranging your colon? Absolutely you are. Is that dangerous? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. but I do know that in... In one of the um, websites, either it was Mister Hankey's or Square Peg Toys, the guy who owns it says he had a colonoscopy done, and he said his daughter, his doctor told him, "I have never seen a straighter colon." <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, can you rearrange it? Clearly, you can, and also we know that you can rearrange it because of the videos that we see, right? Uh, and when you see those videos wow. again, I wish to. Really, really, really emphasize <laughs> that um, porn is kabuki sex. Porn fucking rocks. I love it. But it's kabuki sex. Please do not try this at home. <laughs> yeah. You need to approach it really carefully. And that's one of the reasons I started teaching this class, to teach people about how to stay safe. So, Uh and the second turn comes at about 11 to 15 inches in. And that's the turn that goes from, it's a sigmoid flexure that goes up to the descending colon. And that's pretty much as far as I teach. There are people who do deeper insertions than that, but yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's, whoo. That's a whole nother level. More
0: power to him,
2: but it is, but like it, you know, we're looking at one thing that's actually a form of body modification and the other is like, just letting your body adapt to the slink or whatever you're putting
0: inside you.
1: Yeah. And the
0: slink is is the famous toy that most people absolutely love to use. And there's a reason for that is because it's tapered. So, it starts off very slender and it's really, really flexible and soft. In fact... The There is a how to use the slink if you're a solo uh, long toy penetrator and you're using the slink. Because think about it, you've got this really long toy, it's soft, it's flexible, and it's covered in lube. (laughs) It's like, how how do you get that baby inside you? And he has very specific instructions on how to achieve this. (laughs)
2: wow it's pretty funny and i think a lot of the success has to do with the extreme taper of that item
0: exactly and that's what i emphasize over and over and over again in fact i hold up a toy that is uh what is it it's the tantus hoss and i say and i say do not do not no just no (laughs) okay it's way too firm and too long because it's like 11 inches insertable and two and a half inches in diameter i believe
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I just want to mention for the American fuckers listening along, going, what's this cool toy? What's this? What's this? Just go to the show notes. I will have it linked in there. I got
0: you. <laughs> I got you. So yeah. <laughs> I right know. They're like, wait, rewind that, wait. <laughs> so do you
2: do you have a recommendation for slink
0: makers? Do I have a recommendation for slink makers?
2: Yeah, like one company versus the other. Who makes a good slink?
0: Well, Square Peg is, is the absolute best maker of toys that fit my requirements of being really tapered in the in the uh, insertion point, not getting uh-huh. too wide and being really long and really soft. They absolutely make the best. Mr. Hankey's makes some toys that fit the long, tapered, and not too wide at the bottom as well. Those are the two uh-huh. best companies that make those. I'm writing this down. Excellent.
2: And we will have that, of course, in the Pig. show notes.
1: Hey. Okay, cool. Yay. Have you ever played long distance? Was it sexually frustrating? Maybe it wouldn't have been if you had the Satisfier Connect app. Satisfyer makes beautiful vibrators, butt plugs, and air pulse stimulators with cutting edge technology, and they're at very affordable prices. Their new line of products is Bluetooth enabled and pairs with their Satisfyer Connect app, so you can connect your device with your Android, Apple, or iWatch. You can turn your phone into a remote control, use it to play with power dynamics, have some very discreet fun when you're out and about, and you can do that whether you're right next to each other or halfway around the world. I've told you before how much I love my Curvy 2 Plus Air Pulsator. But did you know that Satisfier has app controlled Bluetooth butt plugs too? Yep. Go check out their plug-alicious vibes. And not only are they super affordable, they just got even more affordable because Satisfier is offering American Sex Podcasts lucky listeners. 30% off any satisfier when you go to satisfier.com and enter the code SUNNY30, that's S-U-N-N-Y 3-0 at checkout. Again, if you're looking for a fun new app controlled toy, go to S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R.com and use the code SUNNY30 for 30% off. <clears throat> smooth jingle balls, smooth jingle balls, smooth jingle balls all the way. Well, not all the way, you know, if that's not your grooming preference, but if you could at least neaten them up a little bit, take care of the unkempt hair that's more tangled than my strings of Christmas lights, you know. If you're listening and you're nodding along, like, yeah, right, I know. If I get one more hair stuck in my teeth, well, then Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 might just be the perfect holiday gift for your sweetie and their unkempt jingle balls. And when you go to manscaped.com and use the code SUNNY, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. The Performance Package 4.0 comes with a bunch of stuff. The signature lawnmower 4.0, which is their electric waterproof trimmer. Also, the crop preserver and crop reviver. An anti chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer, and toner. Plus, a pair of Manscaped anti chafing boxers and more. And Manscaped also goes beyond the groin with their new ultra premium body wash it's infused with aloe vera and sea salt and it smells so good they also just launched their new two-in-one shampoo and conditioner that's hydrating and nourishing plus it conditions the scalp and strengthens the hair tis the season to load up on manscape products And you'll get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY.
0: Well, I was going to say, you know, we can talk about really wide insertions now if you want.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
2: I would love to hear about
1: that. Yeah, let's hear about that pressure.
0: Well, so first of all, with the wide insertions, the main thing that people are concerned about with wide insertions is, am I going to ruin my ass forever? Yeah. (laughs) And at this juncture, I would like to give a hearty shout out to the radio sex advice personality, Dr. Drew, who I believe is fairly international. And basically, I want to say, fuck you, Dr. Drew, because you said too much (laughs) anal sex is going to (laughs) cause... Uh, fecal incontinence And it's totally not It's not correct It's not correct oh, You
2: should have seen Our fucking faces When yeah, you started when,
1: when you started You're like I want to <laughs> give a shout out To Dr. Drew And we're like Making the like Cut like You know The throat cut Like no yeah, We're, <laughs> we're going to delete this And then you were like Fuck you Dr. Drew And we were like Oh Yeah Yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, okay, so here is the reality of this, and this is how it all came down for me, because in the beginning of my career teaching about this, I just kind of read what other people wrote, and I kind of copied it, you know, that's how you learn, and one of the things that I kept reading over and over again is, no, it's fine, it's a muscle, the more you use it, the stronger it's going to get, and then uh, somebody challenged that and left a really, really long and very physiologically specific comment on my article about safety, right? Mm -hmm. And it was clear that this person was a medical professional, in fact, talked about working in emergency rooms and things, and this is what I was taught by this person, who refused to completely identify themselves, because who wants to be associated with a woman who talks about fucking guys in the ass on the internet? (laughs) Uh. (laughs) But, (laughs) but since then, there is also a different link that you can go to that is confirmed by the letters after the name, if that's what you need. There's an internal sphincter and an external sphincter. These are concentric. The outer sphincter is voluntary muscle tissue, and that can stretch a long way and then go back to where it was before. Clearly, there are always boundaries. You cannot cross those boundaries, or you get anal fissures and stuff like that. But Uh we've all seen the videos. Yes, you can stretch that a really long way, and the fisting and things like that, right? Right. But Mm -hmm. the internal sphincter is not. That is involuntary muscle tissue. And that type of muscle tissue, you can only stretch it so far before it gets stretched out and it doesn't work anymore. Oh my God, you say, but hey, stick with me here. So this is the reality of it. If you have had a couple of bad bouts of constipation in your life and you have passed bowel movements roughly twice as big as normal, you've already done as much damage as you can do to that particular sphincter, and there's like four huge groups of muscle sets down there that totally compensate. So it is simply not a problem. There's lots of people walking around that that is not a functional sphincter anymore. And they theorize it's huh. there to hold in liquids and gas. And I've actually gotten a couple over the 10 years I've been teaching a couple of emails saying, uh, I can fart more easily now that I started pegging. <laughs> 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 and so, you know, when I started researching all of this, I kind of went, oh, my God, this all makes sense. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so can you make yourself equally incontinent? Of course you can, because your body has limits. If you get fisted three times a day, yeah, it's probably likely you're going to. If you do wide insertions, it's really important to give your body recovery time as well. And there oh. on that one link, I believe the website is called Bespoke Surgical.
2: Uh And
0: this doctor uh, caters to gay clientele and has all kinds of information confirming everything I just told you. And also has like exercises if you feel like you're not tight enough and all kinds of things. It's wonderful that this is all uh, on the internet now. I love it.
1: Uh Mm-hmm. So I, I love that we're talking about all of this. Yes. Like the more we talk about it, you know, everyone is like, Oh, I do things with my butt, but I don't tell anyone cause it's so embarrassing. And then they hear, you know, you talking about it on the internet or somebody else talking about it or whatever. And just that acknowledgement, like, Oh, I'm not the only one. I'm not a weirdo. Wait. And also there's scientific reasons that this actually mm-hmm. feels good. Somebody got cured of their chronic hiccups and won a prize. What? And you know, um, um,
2: I'm going to go a step further. Be, for me, do it for me, because I have anal fissures and I love doing butt stuff and oh, I cannot. Yeah. So please, pleasure yourself if you can. They're for me.
0: Yes. Yes. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Well, and there's also an added level of shame is the appropriate word to put in here of mm-hmm. those who really, really like the wide toys. It's somehow there's some added level of being embarrassed about it because oh it's the huge ones oh my god right it's a
1: traffic cone oh.
0: yeah, yeah there's le- there's not only really disparaging and and homophobic comments and things like that on anal receptive play for prostate owners it gets worse when the toys are big yeah uh-huh. so um So a lot of times this is also something that's done solo. Although now that we're talking about wider toys, you can absolutely put those in a harness. You do have to take into consideration that maybe depending on the diameter of the toy that you have in relation to the diameter of what the person you're fucking can accept, that maybe it's not a pounding them thing. (laughs) I always tell people, (laughs) I always tell people, if you want to have a session, where you just want to pound your partner into the mattress, downsize that diameter and the length usually as well.
1: Ah, okay. Okay. Interesting.
0: So all of these toys are really short and fat. And, you know, the physiology here of why it feels so good is because the the wider something that you put in that rectum, the more it's going to press against the prostate. Boom. It's pretty easy. You know, Mm -hmm.
1: you know, our our conversation is kind of going to like what we started out in the beginning like the notion that you know some people have that Oh, pegging is a homophobic term. And, you know, that also, that men do carry all of this shame and stigma because of the, you know, patriarchy hurts men too. Um, and holds men to this, like, you have to be uber masculine and who uber hetero and uber never do anything with your butt. Um, that, you know, makes their shame even greater. And I, I found something the other day and I posted on Facebook. It was a Saturday Night Live skit. I saw it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll link it in the show notes. It's called Man Park. Mm -hmm. And basically, the skit is... You know uh, uh it's from a woman's point of view like when I get home from from work, my husband hasn't talked to any uh, any other person all day because men are taught that they can only have intimacy with their romantic partners you know it's a very like cis stereotypes and so now like dog parts, we have man parks so men can go you know learn <laughs> friendship and intimacy with other men and it 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 was it, it one it made me laugh my ass off Mm -hmm. but two it was full of like very rigid cis het stereotypes but the thing that i found the most interesting was i looked in the comments and there were hundreds of comments on the youtube video from like cis het men and like one of them was uh where was it it was uh i feel simultaneously offended heard and excited by the possibility of a man park uh, and and there was a lot of it was like wow this is a, this is like a lot of stereotypes and it's kind of not funny but also it's exactly what i need and yeah they you know society doesn't allow us to be vulnerable and to so that kind of you know, is the vibe of. If you of... throw
2: them a ball, they go nuts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't even matter um, what the ball is. Just throw them anything.
1: But, American fuckers, if you haven't seen this, this Saturday Night Live skit, I'll link it in the show notes. You will giggle. You have um, to. But that's see, kind of the whole it, theme yeah. as to. You know, another part of what you do, not just the technical, this is how butts work, um, but the like, hey, men, this is how your emotions work if you're a cis het dude in our patriarchal society. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that and how it relates to is the term pegging homophobic or not?
0: Well, first, first let me speak to... How I have encountered this just from the, from the get go of teaching about pegging. Because as Mm -hmm. I mentioned, you know, vulnerability is essential. And there, the transition to being able to accept anal receptive play is really difficult. And there's a lot of misconceptions and assumptions. And I teach about that in my webinars. It's not at all unusual for them to question their sexual orientation. That is how strong that connotation is. And I'm here to tell you people, oh my gosh, I'm here to tell you, and you probably already know if you listen to this podcast, sexual activity has nothing to do with sexual orientation. First Uh of all, the area of your body that you enjoy having stimulated has absolutely no bearing on the gender you prefer to do the stimulating. There is no way if you peg someone with a prostate, they are all of a sudden going to change orientations. If that were true, then a lesbian fucking her lover would be turning her straight. And the logic breaks Uh down really, really quickly. So all of those things are true. (laughs) But a deeper level of this comes up because of the whole man box. And I believe that is a Term that was coined by Tony Porter, his TED talk, who speaks to that very eloquently. And basically, what he described is uh, characteristics that are expected of men to be considered masculine and sort of like the manly man. But uh, more important for our purposes, a set of characteristics are forbidden to express. And right at the top of the list is anything remotely perceived as gay or feminine. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's think about that. So, uh, in regards to pegging, right? Um, Vagina owners get penetrated a fair amount during uh, sex, and gay men do as well. Not nearly as much as people think. I, only, I think only mm-hmm. like 36% in the one study that I could find. Right. But the point being, those are considered to be feminine or gay. Well, inherent in this whole situation of, oh, I don't want to do that because it's exit only and I'll be considered feminine or gay, is this belief that those two groups of people are less than. That is the inherent belief, and that is so fucked up, people, I can't even begin to emphasize that. But one of the things with the whole patriarchy hurts everybody that has been really difficult for me is I don't see, okay, first of all, let me backtrack just a little bit and emphasize that men have been trained out of the very skills that we are now pissed off at them for not having since early boyhood. And Uh cishet men are kind of made the enemy a lot in a lot of these conversations that are taking place now. On one hand, I see the point because they do a lot of damage. But on the other hand, they're also in a lot of pain. And there's a reason that three times as many men commit suicide in this country as women. Uh You know, there's a lot going on under the surface here. And what I would love to see is a little bit more compassion. I am absolutely not down for situations where marginalized communities are having conversations and a cishet white dude gets up there and tries to make it all about him. That's bullshit. But at the same time, it's almost like they have no recourse and they get pissed off and say, well, you just have to go do your work. Yeah, this is true, but can we at least have some compassion for the fact that we're ticked off at them for for things that they had no control of? They were raised to be this way.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And to be able to break the chain in some way is what I long for. And you can see how it all intersects with, with the whole pegging thing. Sometimes it is so difficult for those masculine men to be able to take a deep breath and be vulnerable and open up. Ask for what they want, you know, say when things uh-huh. don't feel good. It's huge sometimes. And it's life changing. Yeah. They, many times I get emails from them saying, from their partners and, and or them saying, oh, we're closer than. Uh, we've ever been before. You know, our relationship has much more intimacy. I can't thank you enough. Yeah, there's so much that pegging taps into in regards to this whole subject in a very interesting way.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and in one respect, I get that, you know, when folks are like, hey, it's a really homophobic term, why do we need it? It, I I get where they're coming from. Um, However, I also get that we need to meet people where they're at, especially like you were saying something that is so taboo and so vulnerable and uh, you know, population, even though cishet men are the most privileged. Absolutely. um, In order to, you know, if we want cishet men to really understand their privilege and see their privilege, that takes Mm -hmm. vulnerability, Mm -hmm. empathy. It takes cultivating those things. And, Uh, if the term pegging in my eyes, if the term pegging for some straight dudes is a stepping stone into that vulnerability, that is only a good thing. And I, you know, and I'm sure you've seen it way more than I do because this is, this is your thing. But I've even seen in my work very heteronormative straight dudes that are raised in conservative environments that are really trying to get over that homophobia of like, this is gay kind of thing. They have learned this word pegging and this thing pegging. And that's the stepping stone that they need to kind of pull them over into a more vulnerable and uh, open and accepting place to actually shed
0: themselves of that homophobia. That's precisely Um, the way I look at it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know what, there's all types. Sure. Do some people use pegging to just stay rooted in their homophobia? No. Sure. You know, I, th- th- there's all types. But I think it it helps a lot more people. I, I don't know, anecdotally, maybe than it hurt. I don't know. Um, But it's doing a lot of good, too.
0: Mm. There's some... So I, yeah. I don't know. That's my view. Absolutely. And I, I totally agree with all that. And I have seen that happen a whole bunch. And, you know, there's all types of people. So you're going to get the people that are still firmly rooted in their homophobia. But I see it as a tool. In fact, one of the reasons that I I keep my webinars free when I teach them live is because that this is a lot to get past, to step over, you know, these lines and, and go past these boundaries and actually drive down that road of pegging and explore it. So I didn't want there to be a financial barrier. I didn't want there to be mm. a paywall there. And there's other ways that I make income from that with toy commissions and and people who are so grateful that I've changed their life that they are now my patron. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and they give me money every month <laughs> because they're so grateful, nice. but but the whole no paywall thing was important because of all of those walls that have to break down, get through, let go of all this different stuff. But there are other little sub communities too that have feelings about the word pegging. One that I came across recently is a trans person who basically um, felt... Um I want to phrase this right, they they felt uh, kind of hurt that there had to be so much of a differentiation with this word, a pegging, between uh-huh. what's a real cock and what's a fake cock or a toy, because uh-huh. those words make it difficult. So there are subsets of people all over the place that can react to things in different yeah. ways. In my world, I think what's really important is the intentionality behind it. Because I teach about the homophobia. I rail against it. I teach about the uh, misogyny, you know, because... Uh I have to credit um, Charlie Glickman with this. He said, you know, if you have a problem with the idea of being penetrated as a man, then you better sit down and have a good look at what, you're, what you're, what's deep down in your attitude towards women. You better think about that. Uh-huh. And I thought, ooh, yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah.
2: No kidding. Also, if you're not penetrating yourself a little bit, you've got a dirty booty hole. <laughs> <laughs> got to get in there to get clean i'm sorry it's not exit only
1: yeah and i think i think i think everybody's uh views on like everyone's personal view on if this is a good word or a bad word it's all valid like it is absolutely all valid um and you know It's that we need to recognize for some people, this word is healing. And at the same time, for some people, this word is super fucking painful. And that sucks. And I, I agree. I hate that we live in a society where we need to have this word. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I fucking hate it. And I agree. Like, why do we need this word? You know, on a theoretical level, I get why do we need this word? But if we're looking at like meeting people where they're at and helping them heal and evolve emotionally, those are the people that are thankful
2: for this word. Yeah, that's well said. They both
1: have to exist at the same time Mm -hmm. and that they're in opposition to each other.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and- I have a question about my favorite bit of pegging trivia.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um,
2: do you know about the connection between the band Steely Dan and pegging?
0: No. <laughs> I remember oh, reading awesome. something about this- that a long time ago. but
2: Okay, this is amazing. So, this is the act of pegging. This obviously, the, the band was named well before the word had come around, but it was the act of pegging that the band was named for. William S. Burroughs wrote a book called Naked Lunch, and there was a scene in there about somebody getting pegged. And the name of the dildo that was used was the Steely Dan. Oh my god! And that's what the band named themselves after was that dildo.
1: (laughs) Have you had had enough of mine? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No deeper, deeper. Okay.
0: (laughs) Harder.
2: (laughs) And sorry for our younger listeners. That is a band. Yeah, I will also
0: link link to that song. (laughs) I will link Steely Dan in the show notes. (laughs) Now there's been a lot of speculation about how the word arose and uh, it's not at all uncommon to see people talking about that and wondering about this word, you know, it's up right now. And one of the, okay, there's a variety of stories. Uh, There's one that has been widely discredited, that it came from boys who sat on wooden pegs on old-time Navy ships that were kept to be used by sailors. And it's funny Mm -hmm. because it's not funny, but, you know, Dan Savage was saying, okay, first look, we want them tight, we don't want them loose. which I thought, okay, but that was discredited a whole number of times. And they, you know, the people who discredited it said, was there homosexual interactions on these ships? Of course there was, but this whole thing about right. someone being kept there. No, not true. Um, and then somebody tried to hearken it back to the extremely homophobic comment that Anne McCaffrey made um, some time ago on a fan fiction forum Where she basically said that anybody who was, and and she was talking about her fantasy world, but of course these, you know, whatever's over here are going to be gay because they've been penetrated anally. And once you're penetrated anally, you are gay forever. And then told some story about somebody who got raped with a tent peg, and then they were gay after that. Right. Oh, God. And of course, she got trashed for that. So well-deserved. So well-deserved. Yeah. Um, and tried to wipe it off the internet, but of course, it lives to this day. And people tried to say, that's where the word originated. And I said, no, no, no. That was like two years before the whole pegging thing came up. Nobody on the entire discussion thread at Dan Savage's column said anything about that. And mm-hmm. that was that was something that was using the word peg, describing an instrument to do a rape, as opposed to an activity. Oh. So that right, connection, right. I'm not buying it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, much stuff. Like, you know, with this whole, you know, oh, it's bad, it's not bad. It's I, I sort of liken the, the same rule of thumb that I do to certain kinks. Like I tell people like, oh, you know, you don't have to sit there and psychoanalyze yourself and ask yourself, why am I into this? Why am I into that? Except if you're into something that is playing on oppression that's you know like maybe your play includes like some kind of play on misogyny Mm -hmm. or you are a cishet guy who uh tops women and likes to belittle them then in those situations i'm like then you need to ask yourself why and my general rule of thumb is like ask yourself are you just doing this kind of mindlessly and you're reinforcing those negative stereotypes or Are you doing this with intention? Does it serve a purpose? Does it help you deconstruct those oppressive things? Does it help you learn? Does it help you personally grow? Mm -hmm. Does it help you explore, you know, like like in pegging, the oppression of homophobia, misogyny, and that person's relation to all of those things. If it's helping them dig deeper into that, in my book, and by my general rule of thumb, that is not a bad thing. It's all about, like, and you had said this too, it's all about the intention behind it.
0: Yeah, and the eroticization, uh, erotic, whatever, however that word is.
1: I have a problem with that word too. <laughs> eroticization. When you put an
0: erotic yes. spin on. A traumatic and you put ev- a Z in it. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On a traumatic event, that can be very healing for some people. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would agree with that. Absolutely. I would support that 100% that sometimes people learn so much. I mean, just with pegging, one of the things that I talk about that receivers learn is that, yeah, foreplay is like a whole first act of the play. It really is. Mm -hmm. And it deserves to be treated as such. It's not 20 minutes or 20, excuse me. It's not 20 seconds of, can I put it in yet? You know? Right. And you find that out when you're receiving anal penetration. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You also find out how important lube is. Oh, my God. Yes. The, you all know this. The ass is not self-lubricating. Oh, yes. You also all know that despite how much we all may love certain types of porn, spit is not fucking lube, people. If you want to spit, awesome. It's, it can be erotic. If you like it, whatever. Please use lube as well. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, my God. Can I tell you something? Please. The, 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 I got to tell you this story. I, and, and I got to tell the American fuckers listening, if you ever come across this bullshit, don't believe it. There was a study done, a scientific study. Uh, there is something in people's saliva called opie orphan. And it is like our saliva is 95% water. 5% a lot of other things and
2: 1% so, stank.
1: Yeah, so the yeah. <laughs> so the the opi orphan is like a little tiny amount and they were saying if you were to get, you know, 1 milligram of this opi orphan and isolate it in a way that it could be taken as an analgesic It can be six times more powerful than morphine. But in this study, it was a very preliminary study that they did on lab mice. um, And they're like, no, it's not just like we're going to spit on you. And they actually did. They did where they just took someone's like plain saliva... And they said that after, I don't know, a two hour time period, at most it may have had the analgesic effect, analgesic, that's a pun, analgesic analgesic, Analgesic. uh, (laughs) of maybe one aspirin. (laughs) And that there has to be a lot of scientific synthesis. It and is stuff,
2: 2021. But... When are we gonna stop spitting on mice? Exactly.
1: And they're like, so this just <laughs> I picture the lab assistant like lifting up the tails and spitting on these mice's buttholes. Yep. I yep. know that's little not how they did mouse the thing, whore. But <laughs> everyone has it in their yeah, in their head. So anyway, For this little sake. fact of this study that was done that just says maybe one day in the future we can harness this certain property that's in saliva that you know whatever to for pain management uh people on the internet who don't know about science took that and said, oh guess what you spit as anal lube um because it will numb their butthole <laughs> and my fucking head exploded. I was like, first of all, you never want to numb the butthole. second of all, like, <laughs> critical thinking people critical thinking <laughs> so so american fuckers if you ever run across someone saying all you got to do is spit on the butthole and it makes anal sex feel great that is a bunch of bullshit so um there you go and
0: <laughs> just gotta the throw whole, that out yeah there. numbing the butthole thing pain's an indicator people do not disguise the pain no 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 no
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, this has been a fucking fascinating conversation. And I know like you have so much more. And thankfully, you've got so many webinars. Um, so <laughs> A, let us know if there's any important thing that we missed or something you want to leave the listeners with. And then B, where can people find you?
0: So let's see. If there's anything I missed, it is basically, I wish to emphasize, if you are going to start doing exploration with toys that are wider than two inches in diameter or longer than eight inches, please take my advanced class, my advanced webinar, it's free, and I teach you all the ways to stay safe, I teach you all the stuff you need to know to do this pleasurably and safely because, you know, you're doing kind of edge play. You're on the border there of things that can cause damage. So you really need to know what the hell you're doing. So I want to emphasize that because it's just so important. I don't want somebody to hear this and go, I'm going to go get a 15 inch long toy and shove it in there. So, yeah. Uh And I think they've gotten the idea. Now, where can you find me? Peggingparadise.com is where I've had my blog for the last 11 years And I have a new educational platform that is theartofpegging.com, and that is where I have the upcoming webinars I'm teaching. I will soon have them recorded, so you do not have to attend a live one, and you can watch it at your leisure. I teach three different webinars, beginning, advanced, and equipment, because once you decide you want to do the whole pegging thing, equipment is something that you please don't just go to Reddit (laughs) pegging and say, so what's the best equipment? Because Uh (laughs) there are so many factors that are important to take into consideration. Somebody's favorite and perfect combination of harness and toy can be the perfectly wrong thing for you and your partner. So, you know, all of that's really important. What else? Um, Instagram, the Ruby writer, Twitter... Uh, ruby underscore writer fetlife ruby underscore writer i'm on tiktok as pecking paradise i'm having fun with that oh Ooh, my God. yeah Woo-hoo. i posted something that went viral just the other day it's hysterical i have <gasps> to share this because it was just a spontaneous thing i made up and it just went nuts i think it's gotten like
1: it's always that where right? we're least it. <laughs> it's like the one where you look like shit you have no makeup and you're like that was the weirdest thing ever and people <laughs> eat it up and you're like how did this happen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: And this wasn't even my face. I was on Reddit. I was in the subreddit, sex toys, right? Uh And somebody posts stuff. And and so you've got the titles of the posts, right? And this one title said, butt plug alarm clock. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) And it just, it brightened my day. It just made me laugh so hard. So I went and made this little graphic thing that said, Sometimes all it takes is just a few words to brighten my day. And this is one of the things that I really appreciate about the internet. And then all in oh. caps, I put butt plug alarm clock, and then I put that is all. And so- <laughs> and then when I went to TikTok, I put music to it. And mm-hmm. Adele's new song, I'm not going to be able to sing it well, but it's like, take it easy on me. Yeah. <laughs> I I took that exact phrase and put it in there, and it just went nuts.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. I had comments. I love
0: it. I had comments like, hit the snooze again and again and again.
1: (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And I
0: think what... The, what the consensus was to, to finish that thought, because, you know, everybody's going to go, oh, does it exist? I believe there is a toy that somebody said, I think it's one of the Levin's toys. And there is a toy that, but you would have to like leave the app open on your phone and make sure your phone never shuts off. And there's oh, a way yeah. you'd have to finesse it, basically.
1: Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm going to look into this cuz that's some technology I can get behind. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> uh, uh. for for the American fuckers listening along, if you missed any of those links or where to find Ruby, again, don't worry about it. I got you go to the show notes at AmericanSexPodcast.com or whatever streaming service you're listening to right now. Just go to the episode description and all of the links that we talked about in this entire episode will be there. And Ruby, oh my goodness, thank you. This was freaking magical.
0: (laughs) Magical. Thank you. I so appreciate you having me on. When you said, oh my God, let's geek out about this. I was just so excited because that's exactly what I do. And, Mm -hmm. And to be able to do it on. On this podcast with both you and Ken which is fantastic so thank you
1: oh thank Aww, you thank you well until I guess next time the 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 third might be advanced anal aliens and tentacles so until then <laughs> <laughs> and we saved something for the next one the tentacles yes <laughs> tentacles, <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yes until then uh we'll see you next time and thanks bye 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 I'm the super social one so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you gotta look for Sunny underscore Megatron and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag Chicken. That's PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y C-H-I-C-K-E-N.